Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9 o'clock on the dot a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the fifth day of the fifth month of 2023. We call this Cinco de Mayo. And this is episode 720 of Bitcoin and Cinco de Mayo. Just I'm just saying Cinco de Mayo. Just because. Nobody really knows what the hell it is. <laughs> I mean... <clears throat> Is it Mexican Revolution Day? Is it, you know, it, it, there are many things that are wrapped around Cinco de Mayo, but it's a very special day for me because generally speaking, it marks the first day of grilling season in Texas. Although there's not a single person in Texas that respects that because we're grilling in December, February. It doesn't really matter if it's if it's not killing you to go outside, you're probably grilling if you're in Texas. So while I'm not in Texas, I'm indeed in eastern Washington. I have been grilling for the last three weeks. <laughs> so it's just my wife bought me. I guess she took pity on me and uh, because we had to leave my barbecue grills at the house in Canyon, Texas, when we moved because we just... We just didn't have room. And here's what happens when you have a well-used barbecue grill that you move and you put it into a moving truck with all your other furniture. And even if you strap it down so that there's no way that it could possibly move. And you move that thing across country, 1,500 miles in the summer in a huge moving van, like 24-footer. You know what happens to that? It gets hot. In fact, it gets very, very hot inside. And what does that do to the volatiles that have collected? Even if you've pressure washed your barbecue grill, it doesn't matter. It's going to permeate every piece of fabric in that van. And everything you own, your jeans, socks, uh, your Furniture, if they're upholstered, even if they're leather, it's going to smell like a brisket. So sadly, we had to leave all my barbecue stuff behind. Not to worry, it didn't go to waste. Uh, I, the neighbors, uh, which I loved, I told them, just go get it. Go get the grills, go get the Weber, go get the, uh, the offset smoker. It's yours. You can have it. So they went to a went to a good cause. We we really loved our neighbors that we were living next to in Canyon. Wow, I just lost about fifteen minutes of show for some reason or another. Not exactly sure why. So I'm gonna have to keep a closer eye on my recording rig. I may have run out of memory, so I just eviscerated a whole bunch of stuff from a file to see if that works. <clears throat> because as I'm recording, this is all actually being 
you know, the WAV file is being recorded on the hard disk. And that may have been what happened that really hasn't ever happened before, but it is what it is. So I'm gonna have to go back and say that um, I was talking about Cinco de Mayo and the whole barbecue thing. Uh, my neighbors got a hold, you know, I was able to get my uh, barbecue grills to my old neighbor. Um, I can't remember, I don't want to get into it all again. Um, but I'm having to be forced to learn how to use you know, this, this very small grill that my wife got me, um, to learn how to barbecue all over again in a completely different environment. So, uh, here's to Cinco de Mayo that let's just leave it there. I know this is going to be a very bad start to the show, but Hey, it's Friday and we're doing it live. What, what can I say? We're, you know, this is live. And speaking of live, let's, let's just get into this one. Okay. Uh, zap it. Zapit.live. Okay. Zapit.live. We'll we'll get into what's going on here. Um I, I think it's pronounced Ethan on Noster. I-E-F-A-N. He's got a note out there that says this, and it was about an hour ago. Introducing Zapit Portable Marketplaces test run. And good night. I haven't slept for the past 21 hours. Now now Zapit users will also have access to a fully functional marketplace for selling physical items powered by LN bits. It includes administrative console for product management and a portable shareable showcase ga gallery. Don't like websites? Well, then install Zapit app on iOS. Excuse me, iOS, Android, and PC. If the model works, I can, I will create an integrated Nostra client for this. Zap forwarding coming soon. Make sure you are logged in and just click on the marketplace button. And that is at <clears throat> zapit.live. Apparently, he was coding this for like 21 straight hours. Uh, so over at zapit.live, what what is it? And I'm going to go to marketplace. And oh, I need to log in first. Okay, where's my login? Oh, there's my login. Uh, where's oh, because I already set this all up before. Okay, so I've got a login key and a wallet ID, and both of those were generated from what? My Noster NPUB. That's all I had to give it was my no I didn't have to give it my private key, right? My private key is now a new kind of private key, which I assume is the login key that's generated from my NPUB and my wallet ID, which is generated from my NPUB. And then I can get into zapit.live and be able to do all the things. And what are all the things? Well, I can set up shipping destinations. In fact, it's one of the very first things that you have to do when you're setting up your quote unquote stall. Then I can make a stall, you know, like a stall that you see at a, I don't know, a flea market or a farmer's market or, you know, some kind of other open air market. It's like, that's your stall. And what do you put in your stall? You put in your product. And that's the third part is that you define your product. What is it? Do you have pictures of it? All kinds of stuff. Now, remember, this is early, early. This isn't even beta, according to Iphen. This is early alpha or pre-alpha. It is a test. Do not assume anything than the loss of all of your data when you go start playing with this, but this is part of claiming your namespace. 
It's not that I'm telling you to go immediately to zapit.live and put in all your information and set up all your stall just so that you could possibly lose it all because this is pre-alpha. No, no, no. That's it's not that's not the part of the namespace that I'm talking about. Claiming your namespace is more than just your brand. It's more than your name. It's more than you having a login identity. It's about learning how to use these new protocols because what is this marketplace protocol? I told you about it a few shows back. Not zapit.live, but the protocol. It's a NIP. It's an NIP, right? And like, I can't remember the number of it though. I did a whole thing on it, like either last week or something like that. And I was very, very excited about it because it described all this. It described a shipping destination. It like the proto, and we're talking, the protocol is describing this in the way that the protocol is written, right? This is a NIP and it's a add-on protocol to the main Nostra protocol. It described a shipping destination. It described the creation of a stall. It described describing your your products how much you're going to charge for them blah 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 it takes you know and this all lightning enabled right so here is one of the first implementations of that nip that's what this is when you claim your namespace it's more than just going to zapit.live and setting up your wallet and making sure that you've got the first stall on the block with zapit.live because zapit.live ain't going to be the only marketplace that uses this nip i guarantee it it's how do you use it? And that's one of the things that is most interesting about where we're at and the <clears throat> implementations of platforms which utilize a protocol like Coracle is a platform that utilizes the Nostr protocol. Domus is a platform that utilizes the Nostr protocol. Zapid.live is a platform that utilizes this particular NIP of the Nostra protocol. It's the marketplace NIP. And when we utilize these brand new UIs, we're learning how to use the protocol. What does the protocol want from us? It wants shipping destinations. It wants a description of your stall. It wants a description of your product. The way that we interact with the protocol is through the user interface. Part of claiming your namespace is learning how to use the things that you're going to attach and build your namespace with. So it's not just about opening your store. It's about learning what this shit is. If you want to get off of the Titanic that is legacy social media, you need to go and start learning what Zapit.live is about. What does the user interface look like? How do you get spin up your wallet ID and your login ID? How does it work? You need to start doing that today. That doesn't mean that Zapit.live won't be gone tomorrow. I hope not. I hope I hope Ifin builds the living crap out of this, but that's not the point, is it? It's not the platform that should live on into perpetuity. It's the protocol that should live on into perpetuity. And if we can't, if we can't wrap our minds around the difference between a platform and a protocol, then you're always going to be locked into claiming, you know, reap or claiming your position on the deck of a sinking ship. You don't want to do that. You want to be repositioning yourself to a lifeboat 
Or if you're lucky enough, activate Star Trek transporter fucking technology and beam your ass to the middle of Switzerland and go skiing. I don't care, but you've got to reposition yourself. For all the people that are still on Twitter, why? For all the people that are excited about Blue Sky, I don't understand it. It's just another dumpster fire. It, it, please, please, please figure out how to claim your namespace in new areas. Go on Discovery. There's a whole wide world out there, ladies and gentlemen, a whole wide world waiting for you to discover it. And if you're still locked into Meta or Facebook or LinkedIn or, God forbid, Instagram and Blue Sky and Twitter, then you won't discover anything. So keep that in mind as we move on to this one. Uh, this is another one from the from Noster. It's another note from this one from Nitesh, N-I-T-E-S-H says, this transaction could go down in history. What transaction is he talking about? Well, he's got a link to a mempool.space, a transaction that occurred in block 788200. That's 788200. And let's look at this transaction. And oh my God, it has no inputs and no outputs. There is zero fees attached. There was a zero fee rate. It has a size though. It's 294 bytes. Its virtual size is 135 virtual bytes. It has a weight unit of what, 540? Yeah. So it's got information attached to it, but there's no Satoshi's present. It's empty. It's beyond empty. This is, I've never seen a transaction like this in my entire life. What does it do? It breaks ordinals again. This is the ordinal skewer. Behold Glamdring the Fauxhammer, or Christ the Goblin Cleaver, and now we have the Ordinal Skewer, which is this particular transaction, and it gets better. Decrypt. Andrew Asmakov, developer inserts bug into Bitcoin ordinals. How bad is it? I hope it's really bad, personally. There's fresh controversy brewing in the Bitcoin ordinals community after a developer under the moniker Super Testnet initiated a transaction that has no input nor an output, but is nevertheless seen as a valid transaction. And this has resulted in the ordinals inscription numbering system crashing, sparking concerns that the whole protocol may now be broken. Oh, ordinal inscriptions, also known as proof of ownership inscriptions, are essentially a way of attaching metadata to a specific transaction. This metadata can include information about the digital asset being transferred, such as title, description, profile pictures, playable games, all kinds of stuff, right? But unlike shitcoin number one based NFTs, which required the use of a separate token, and transfer of uh, and a smart contract to record ownership and transfer the digital assets. Ordinal inscriptions are recorded directly onto the Bitcoin blockchain without the need for a sidechain or a separate shitcoin. The transaction in question, which did not include any satoshis, was found in block 788200. Quote: The Ordinal's protocol validated the inscription 3492721 attached to the input, which sounds like a bug. Ludo Galabru, staff engineer at Hero Systems, commented on the issue on GitHub. Quote, philosophically, the Satoshi inscribed was transferred to the miner as a transaction fee, but was nevertheless inscribed by its previous owner. The Ordinal's creator, Casey Rod Armour, 
agreed that it shouldn't be possible to inscribe sats that you don't own, suggesting the transaction is indeed a bug. Quote, however, fixing the bug by making the ordinals protocol ignore this inscription would change inscription numbers after the curious transaction. I'm honestly not sure what to do, he added, but is there an actual danger for the ordinals protocol? God, I hope so. According to Danny Dykroger, founder of Bitcoin Lightning Platform DZ, the bug doesn't pose any risk to the ordinals protocol itself. Quote, personally, I think this is totally fine. In fact, I think inscription numbers were broken already early on anyway, Di Kroger tweeted on Friday, and indeed they were. Super Testnet agreed that there's no immediate danger to the protocol itself, although he is not sure what long-term consequences will be. Quote, the short-term consequences was that the guys who were running indexing software had to fix the bug, Super, Super Testnet told Decrypt. What actually happened and what prompted the Austin-based developer to run such an experiment, which Di Kroger described as the first valiant attack on ordinal inscriptions. <laughs> valiant. Is it valiant or valid? Who knows? I, whatever. According to Super Testnet, it all started during a recent conference in Austin where a hackathon was held and people were supposed to be coming up with projects and the idea was born to try and make some weird thing in Bitcoin and create a transaction that sends somebody zero Satoshis. Quote, no one at the conference wanted to do that project, so I did something else. But afterwards, I tried it and created one of these weird transactions and broadcasted it to a miner who mined it for me, Super Testnet told Decrypt. Calling himself the breaker of JPEGs, Super Testnet not only inserted this bug into Ordinal Explorers, but also created a tool that lets other users increase the attack. I'm going to read that again after a pause so that I may say he's giving you instructions how to break Ordinals if you are one of these people that like to mess around, hate Ordinals, then you might want to listen to this again. Calling himself the breaker of JPEGs. Super Testnet not only inserted this bug into Ordinals Explorers, but created a tool that lets others increase the attack. And he's got a GitHub repository for it. If I remember, I'll, I'll put that into the show notes. Yet, he also admitted that it's not entirely clear to me exactly what's happening right now. Normally, when you create an inscription, you have to create a Bitcoin address that has some, some substance in it. And then you create an image that the software assigns to one of the searches in your Bitcoin address. But my Bitcoin address has zero Satoshis in it. So it seems that it assigned it a negative number, which is weird all by itself, explained Super Testnet. Am I still recording? Yay, I'm still recording. All right, despite that, when the software encountered this negative number, it appeared to have tried to give this inscription a number. Quote, it took that and then either made it the first Satoshi in the block, which then belongs to the miner, or it put it in the previous transaction's transaction fee, which then went to the miner. Either way, it definitely went to the miner, like, you know, that's the description, Super Testnet said. Quote, but that's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to be able to inscribe somebody else's Satoshis without their consent. So that's like a bug, end quote. Things are a little more complicated for Ordinals Explorers, uh, according to the developer, because all the numbers after his inscription are now off by one. Quote, if they decide to fix that, they will have to undo all the numbers that have been issued since then, like decrementing them all by one by, you know, however many. They're all off by one now, but they might not fix it. 
or they may fix it for the future, but all the previous ones are going to remain like they are. I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they'll decide that it's not important anymore and that it's not a bug, but a feature, added Super Testnet. So in, what he did is he renumbered the ordinals with this transaction. Everything after this transaction is now off by one. And he's given us a tool. Is there a way that somebody can design another transaction that has one Satoshi in it, <clears throat> but doesn't get a fee? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I am not a coder. I'm not a hacker by any stretch of the imagination. But Super Testnet has open-sourced his instructions on how to do this, and he's given some code. It's over on GitHub. So if you want to follow in Super Testnet's footsteps and really continuously screw up the ordinals, what would that do? What what would that do if we if like another person did this? Well, now it's, is it off by two? Do we even know? What if ten people did it? Is it off by eleven at the at that point? You know, I here's here's my real point. I was listening to the guy Swan from Bitcoin Audible, the pod, one of my favorite podcasts. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out on some seriously long reads that are very, very helpful. But Guy Swan was talking about ordinals yesterday, I think, and or the day before. And one of the questions that he asked is, how, how can we disincentivize ordinals? You know, not making a soft fork, not, not forking the chain, not a hard fork, not a soft fork, not any kind of fork, but just working with what we got. How can you disincentivize this? This sounds like a way to disincentivize this. However, if you're listening and you're like me, kind of raised some hackles on the back of your neck for the for the entirety of the Bitcoin protocol, didn't it? Now, I'm not saying that Bitcoin's broken. I don't think so. I'm just saying that this is something to watch because what if this had been done? Because what's not clear in the decrypt ish, uh, thing is is this particular transaction would have, would it have not able to ever have been done like this without ordinals being in existence and if so what are the ramifications of having a completely empty transaction sure we've had a lot of blocks that are empty blocks blocks with no transactions okay whatever but a transaction with no satoshis that's a different deal so for all you guys that are way, way, way more deft, I guess, at this stuff than I am, throw me a boostagram. Give me an explanation. DM me on Noster. Let other people know what your thoughts on this are because, uh, because it's, a, it's a transaction with no Satoshis in it. I've, I've never heard of one before. I've been in the game for a long time. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Or that maybe I've heard about it and I just said, well, I don't know. I don't know enough about that shit. You know, maybe it was like five years ago. Who knows? I'm just saying this seems odd that this can be done at all. And if it wasn't for the inception of ordinals, would this still be able to be done? And if so, what the hell does that mean for Bitcoin transactions, the Bitcoin uh, time chain as a whole as we move forward? Is it a bug in Bitcoin? Is it a bug in ordinals or is it a complete feature? This I do not know, but I do know that uh, as long as we're doing this to ordinals, it's going to disincentivize uh, the whole ordinal structure. So have at it. 
Have at it, dude. Now, general news. Coindesk, Will Canny, U.S. regulatory crackdown sees institutional investors preferring gold rather than Bitcoin, according to J.P. Morgan. Of course, they're probably lying, but who knows? The United States regulatory crackdown is pushing American crypto firms to look for opportunities overseas, J.P. Morgan said in a research report on Thursday. Quote, the U.S.-based arm of Binance has called off its deal with Voyager, while Coinbase launched Coinbase International, a crypto derivatives exchange outside of the United States, as a proactive measure in response to rising U.S. regulatory pressures, analysts led by Nicolos Pritinkadagazola wrote, there's no way I'm pronouncing that name, dude. The crackdown has increased pressure on crypto firms, JP Morgan said, but more importantly, there's still no clarity on important issues such as shitcoin number one status as a security, which will ultimately impact the cryptocurrency's demand and liquidity. The regulatory clampdown has also deterred institutional investors from engaging with crypto. And because of this, investors have been buying gold rather than Bitcoin as a hedge against a potential catastrophic scenario in the wake of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, the note said. Bitcoin's rally this year appears to have been driven by retail buying rather than institutional investors, the bank said. The largest cryptocurrency has gained 76% year-to-date. Another catalyst for Bitcoin's outperformance has been Bitcoin ordinals, the report added. Ordinals is a new protocol that allows non-fungible tokens to be stored on the Bitcoin blockchain. Oh yeah, and by the way, it's just been broken not once but twice. And if you guys put the hammer down to it, ordinals will literally dissipate and make a report that JP Morgan said was, oh, this ordinals is just making everything like it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're not going to look like you understand. So I just break ordinals like it's, I don't know, break ordinals like it's your ex-wife's China (laughs) or ex-husband's. Uh, whatever that you want to break from your ex-husband, just break, instead of taking it out on your ex, dude, take it out on ordinals. But who knows? J.P. Morgan is talking about the United States like they always talk about the United States. Like it's the only country that exists on the planet. And that's bullshit, right? The whole manifest destiny, the whole... You know, shipping our you know, strongest navy in the in the world. While the, while the navy part is actually true, we're losing our our spot in the world. We are not the only country in the world, right? We're what? I'll give them. I'll give us 387 million people in the United States. Let's go to 400, just so that I can hedge my bets in the future. We got 400 million people against eight plus billion people on the planet, and somehow or another, that means that. Bitcoin's not going to do well and gold's going to be the the end-all be-all. I don't hate gold. You know that about me. But honestly, they're just grasping at straws at this point. But we march on. And how do we march on? We march on through education. Bitcoin Magazine, BTC, Casey. Ben Taos Mining develops a mining technician course at Florida State College in Jacksonville, and will donate the whole curriculum to the country of West Java. Nice. Governor Ridwan Kamil of West Java, Indonesia, joined members of the NYC Bitcoin community in a ribbon-cutting ceremony to mark the opening of Ben Taos Bitcoin Academy, featuring a course at Florida State University, or college at Jacksonville, which will be introduced in tandem with the exact same course in West Java. 
The Academy will focus on training students in Bitcoin mining operations. During the ceremony, Governor Camille received an honorary diploma. The governor is set to speak at the Bitcoin 2023 conference in Miami Beach about his plans to make Indonesia the world's leading country in Bitcoin. The Academy was created by Bentaus, a company that signed a master training and education services agreement to develop the course. The Bitcoin blockchain technician course aims to provide students with a technical understanding of the infrastructure of Bitcoin, specifically mining. It's designed to be a hands-on course that will allow students to obtain strong fundamentals in one of the fastest growing emerging technologies today. The course is divided into five parts, networking, electronics concepts and repair, hardware repair and maintenance, uh, security and finance, as well as philosophy. For all of you that always sneer at philosophy, stop it. It has its place. Just It's not a good standalone degree to have, but philosophy is interesting as an insertion point in this particular program, and I think it's, I think it's a valid insertion point. In either event, it is intended for high school graduates or equivalent with a prerequisite and basic or of basic knowledge in math, science, and finance theory. The course will be taught by Ben Tao founder Robert, Robert Davidoff, who has real-world experience in the field as CEO of a mining company. The course will begin... Was that? Hold on. Being a weird day today for Friday. I keep getting all these weird noises. Uh, The course is, wait, nope, nope. The course will begin at the Florida State College at Jacksonville with a lab of three S19Ss on two campuses. 30 students will be used as the basis for all future classes. The course was approved via a FinTech grant by the Department of Economic Opportunity of Tallahassee, Florida. The company is looking at adding additional courses in the future. Ben Taos plans to donate the course content to Indonesia to spearhead all the exciting developments to come in that country. Davidoff plans to travel to Indonesia to teach the very first course in that country. Quote, the goal of the course is to provide a hands-on approach to serve as an introduction course to allow for the student to obtain strong fundamentals in one of the fastest growing emerging technologies today. This course is also suitable to be used as a springboard to a vocational school or an apprenticeship journeyman as an electrician or an or an HVAC technician. Oh, this guy's fucking brilliant. God, fucking brilliant. Students who complete this course will receive a blockchain technician certificate, which can be used to secure a job in a network operations center, a cryptocurrency mining farm, or as an elective to continue their college career in cybersecurity, programming, or management of systems. Yes. If anybody out there laughs at vocational school, in my opinion, that's probably the next solid educational investment opportunity for those of us with ready cash. I'm not lying. TSTC in Waco, Texas, huge vocational school, welding, air conditioning systems, electricians. It, that's where you go to learn how to do real shit like plumbing, right? And plumbers, you know what they get? They're getting like 117 bucks an hour in some places. I don't even want to, I, I'm, I'm scared to think about what they make in places like New York City. Probably 250. You think that that's chump change, then you go check yourself. HVAC repairman, who's the person that you call mid-May in Texas? This is one of the first, it's one of the first repairman calls that you'll make 
Because once you figure out it's getting hot and your air conditioner doesn't work, you need somebody who can work on that shit. That's a vocation. They didn't get a PhD in HVAC. That's a vocational school. And they make good money. Make very good money. And you know what they don't have to do? They don't really have to take their work home with them like a lawyer. They don't have to, you know, do any of that bullshit. And they make solid cash. Right? So colleges are going down the drain. I believe vocational schools will rise. And with people like this Davidoff guy running around who understands that, he's going to make out like freaking bandits. Like bandits. He's turning Bitcoin mining into a vocation. A vocation. Not a degree plan. Not a master's degree. Not a PhD. Screw all that. That is dead. All that's dead. We, they just don't know it yet vocations. I'm, I'm telling you, man, if, you, if you're laughing at me and you think I'm wrong, think again. I am 100% right on that. Now, Montana has passed a bill protecting Bitcoin mining from undue requirements. So it looks like the bill is finally passed. Let's find out more from BTC Casey and Bitcoin Magazine. The Montana legislature has indeed passed a bill that protects the right to mine Bitcoin, among other provisions. The bill is designed to give Bitcoin miners the right to mine without being subjected to undue discrimination or requirements. The new legislation would also prohibit discriminatory digital asset mining utility rates, prohibit local government powers related to digital asset mining, and prohibit specific taxation on the use of cryptocurrency as a payment method. Additionally, the bill provides for digital assets as personal property. According to the bill, the Montana Public Service Commission may not establish a rate classification for digital asset mining, digital asset mining businesses, or home digital asset mining that creates unduly discriminatory rates. The bill also states that digital assets used as a method of payment may not be subject to additional taxation or charges by the state or any local government. The bill would help Montana's economy by giving legal certainty to the digital asset mining industry, encouraging investment in Montana and attracting new businesses to the state. The bill also helps to ensure the stability of Montana's power grid. Okay, so did I miss something? No, I didn't miss anything. This is the Montana legislature. So it is now out of the legislative process. It is from what I understand, now it goes to the governor's desk and that governor will either sign that bill or that governor will veto that bill, sending it back to the legislature. And then it's back, the ball's bouncing back in their court. So it's not a law yet. Understand that. It's just out of its legislative process. And like I said, the way that I understand things, at least in this case, it's got to go to the governor's desk and that's its next stop. Now, our last one before we run numbers, New York Attorney General's office seeks additional authority over crypto firms. Of course they do. Turner Wright, Cointelegraph. Letitia James has reportedly proposed legislation that would give the New York Attorney General's office more authority to regulate the crypto industry. In a Cinco de Mayo announcement, actually it says May the 5th, but whatever, I like Cinco de Mayo. The New York Attorney General's office planned to submit a bill called the Crypto Regulation Protection Transparency and Oversight Act, or CRPTO. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jesus. 
in the state's 2023 legislative session. The proposed legislation would give New York officials the enforcement power to issue subpoenas, impose civil penalties for crypto firms violating state law, and shut down companies allegedly involved in fraud or illicit activities. Under the crypto, CRPTO, exchanges would be required to reimburse users who were the victims of fraud. It would also codify the term stablecoin to only apply to tokens that remained back with uh, one-to-one United States dollar reserves or another high-quality liquid asset. Quote, for far too long, fraud in the crypto industry has caused investors to lose hundreds of billions of dollars with low-income investors and people of color. Suffering the most, said Letitia James, quote, banks and other financial services are regulated. The cryptocurrency industry must be too, end quote. The New York State Department of Financial Services, or NIDFSS, whatever, currently has the authority to issue bit licenses to crypto firms operating in the state and oversee many, 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 many aspects of the digital asset space. James's bill would also aim to strengthen that authority. James's office has previously taken action against crypto firms, including KuCoin, alleging that the company sold securities and commodities to residents without registering in New York. Also filed a lawsuit against Celsius founder and former CEO Alex Mashinsky in January, claiming he made numerous false and misleading statements. New York lawmakers would need to vote on the proposed bill should it be introduced. In 2022, the legislature passed a two-year moratorium on Bitcoin mining in the state, despite some crypto advocates suggesting lawmakers had spun false narratives in marketing that legislation. Well, of course they did. It's all marketing. Everything is marketing, whether it's a bill, a bar of soap, some maple syrup, and if you know who I'm alleging to, we'll get to that. But uh, here we go. New York State thinking that they're the only state in the United States and the United States thinking it's the only state in the world or only country in the world. This kind of hubris is how empires die. (laughs) Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities looks like energy is bouncing back big time today. West Texas Intermediate up over four full points back to $71.36. Brent North Sea likewise up just under four points to $75.31 a barrel. Natural gas is itself up two and a half points to $2.15 per thousand. Gasoline up two and a half to $2.38 a gallon. Gold is actually down today. 1.52% to $2,024.50. Silver likewise down one and a quarter, not one and a fifth to $25.91. Platinum, however, is up a point and a half. Copper is up a half point. And palladium shooting for the moon, 3.18% to the upside. Ag looks like it's 100% in the green. Yay! Cotton is the biggest winner today at 3.08% to the upside. Uh, followed by wheat. No, actually followed by sugar is up 3%. Wheat's up two and a quarter and corn is up a one and a half percent. Looks like live cattle is the only winner for livestock. It's up almost a half point. Lean hogs down again, 1.69% to the downside. Feeder cattle also down a half a point, but everything's everything in equities is safe. We've saved the world again. Banking, we can forget about it for today. Because the Dow is up 1.15%, S&P 
S&P is up 1.41%, NASDAQ is up 1.66%, and the S&P mini is up a point and a half. Why? Well, I guess the jobs report came out. Job growth totals 253,000 in April, beating expectations even as the United States economy slows. I call bullshit on those numbers. I don't believe anything that these people tell me anymore. They've been jacking with the CPI for years, if not decades. Why would I believe them on employment numbers? Because I don't believe them on this employment number, yet that's all they have to do to get everybody on Wall Street fired up as we go into what? A weekend, which is when what happens? Banks are closed, which is when what happens? A whole bunch of shit goes down. Every crisis that we have when it relates to credit liquidity, banks going under, you know, like Lehman Brothers, all like the 2008 crisis, the 2020 credit crunch, all that shit happened over the weekend so that you can't see it. It's one of the reasons why I never want to go to Washington, D.C., because apparently your weekends are basically fucked. Whatever. I don't care. We've got other things to do. In fact, we've got this one to do. Mother's Day is coming up. Mother's Day is, in fact, on May the 14th. And if you would like to get your mom or your wife, which if you're not buying a a Mother's Day present for your wife, even though she's not your mom, dude, you're screwing up. Yes, as the, the husband is supposed to get the wife a gift for Mother's Day. Okay? I don't know if you didn't know that. But you can avoid a lot of fights and a lot of problems by uh, just buying your wife a Mother's Day present. And you can go to Maple Trade. That's BizNerds, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S over there on Noster. He's got a 200,000 Satoshi package that's pre-wrapped. It includes four bars of his sister's excellent soap and two pints of his most excellent maple syrup. And you can get that again for 200,000 Satoshis. I brought this to you yesterday and somebody bought one. And I think he sold a couple because he got back with me. Well, I'll read you the, the boostagram when we get to that part. But he got back to me and said that there's, he's got a couple of sales. I want to continue doing this, not only for bees nerds, but for other people. Because this You know, I was like railing on the whole vocational thing a few minutes back. This kind of has something to do with that. Not because it's a vocation, but because we're, we got to restructure everything. Oh, the only way that you're going to get a good job is to go to college. That's bullshit. Go learn how to be a plumber or better yet an electrician. So you don't have to work with a sewer, right? If, but that's why plumbers generally speaking, get paid kind of better than electricians or be an HVAC guy or start your own business. Claim your own namespace. Use Zapit.live to to figure out how to open up a market stall. I'm going to basically be hammering biz nerds to start doing that. You know, it's amazing when I can bring you something that I think is, is a good product. And you guys say, you know what? I trust them enough. I'll give it a shot. So, because of that, I, that means that I'm going to be like, if, if for whatever reason, you know, there's a problem with an order or like you just, you didn't like it or something like that. People are going to be, you know, hammering me saying, Hey, I bought this. 
And I don't think that's going to happen with bees nerds, but things happen in life. Like a shipping order can get lost because, you know, it's FedEx or God forbid the United States Postal Service. Things happen. And if you, if you need to take it out on somebody, you can take it out on me. Why? Because I think that that's part of, if I'm going to advertise for bees nerds and maple, also known as maple trade, then I got to take it on the chin sometimes too. And then, so if you got any problems with an order or something like that, feel free to contact me. I'll contact bees nerds and we'll all work together to make a good marketplace that circular, you know, this Bitcoin circular economy centric. And we're going to find a way not only to win and get out of this muck that we found ourselves in. Because when you open your eyes like Neo in the pod and you find out that you're, it's a really, you're, you're covered in shit. Well, then we really all got to work together to get ourselves unplugged, cleaned up, into some fresh clothes and figure out what the hell we're going to do next. And this is my attempt at doing that, not only for myself and Maple Trade and, well, AKA Bees Nerds, but to bring you guys to thinking, what can you do? Is there something that you have that you think is a really high quality product? Let me know. If I can sell a couple of units for you and I can get like, you can like, you know, Give me a little bit back on the on the back end of that transaction for for the advertising fee. Let's let's do it like that. Let's figure out a different way instead of. I was thinking about this last night, like you know, because bees nerds, we kind of got a, a handshake, a digital handshake deal going on, which I'll tell you about here in a second. But when my dad was an independent oil producer when he was alive, he was doing it in the seventies and the eighties. You know how people did contracts in West Texas over million dollar deals it was a handshake over a scotch that's how they did it that's how they did it there was a handshake there wasn't written agreements i mean sometimes there was but we're talking about like you know the smaller guys we're not talking about exxon and standard oil all that shit going on no 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 we're talking about like just small oil companies small drillers small producers Guys like my dad that are petroleum engineers that are putting deals together and getting the, the, you know, finding all the people to drill the actual well. And the whole thing was done on a handshake for getting, you know, getting money to, to do the project. And I promise to pay you this back. Let's do that again. Let's bring that back. Let's bring it back to where if, if for whatever reason I burn maple trade, that my, that my reputation directly suffers because Maple Trade will get pissed at me for doing something wrong. And I have every, every intention of not burning my reputation to the ground because you've heard me talk about reputations in this space. But it's up to us. If we want this quote-unquote Bitcoin circular economy to occur, ladies and gentlemen, then we have to build it. And I said something on Noster either this morning, I can't remember, or yesterday, that we have to stop assuming that we're going to get vendors that have been in business for 20 years to just switch over and start using, either start using Bitcoin or switch over 100% and use Bitcoin only. That's not where we should be focusing. We should be focusing on people like Maple Trade. That's where we should be focusing our efforts on. We're the ones that are we're so we're so deep in the freaking rabbit hole that we know we're never getting out. We're lost to the rest of the world, so we might as well experiment. 
Let's bring back the way that we used to do things. Let's look at the younger generations. Do your daughters and sons have things that they want to be able to build, think they can sell something, then get them started early before they get hooked into the fucking leech that is the machine that causes them to worry about contract clauses and all the rest of the bullshit and having a bank account and having to do wire transfers and all that stuff. We have everything we need to completely rebuild this world. We have a final settlement layer in Bitcoin layer one. We've got a payment rail system in Bitcoin layer two, otherwise known as the Lightning Network. And we have a communications and marketplace place. And that's Nostra protocol, not the platforms. The protocol enables it. We have everything we need to rebuild everything from the ground up. Let's get to this one. Oh, by the way, uh, that whole thing started with uh, make sure that you go to BizNerds, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S, and buy, spend the 200,000 Satoshis because he's going to peel off some for me. So if you buy anything from him, he's going to peel off some of that from me. And if he promotes the show and more people listen to it, then he has a more chance of getting somebody to buy his product. And then I make more, he makes more, I make more, he makes more. I see how that works. I'm not a master at this by any stretch of the imagination, but go buy your wife and your kid's mother a present from Bees Nerds. It consists of two pints of maple syrup and four bars of handmade soap. That soap and that syrup are excellent. $29,000, whoa, no, $29,532 is the price of Bitcoin as it stands after 390,000 BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours. Uh, we have an average transaction value of 0.9 BTC and a median transaction value of 0 0.0015 or 43 bucks. So I don't know if I trust it. Block times are insanely high. 11 minutes and 93 seconds. 0.9 BTC have been taken in fees on a per block basis and 120 BTC taken in fees over the last 24 hours. After a 14.71% dump in hash rate, we're back down to 319.777 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is Doge, 7.9 United States pennies. So that tells you about the health of the rest of the shitcoinery. $573 billion is the market cap of Bitcoin, which is 420% of gold's entire market cap. And you may now purchase 14.5 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,364,711.96 of. And 5,398.09 of those are in the Lightning Network, valued at $159.8 million. We have what, 73,425 payment channels that we know about. 65% of, 65.6% of all the Lightning Network is being run over Tor. We have an estimated difficulty change of minus 14.5% coming in on May the 18th, 2023. I don't think it's gonna be that. Uh, we're only a couple of days out for, or a day out from the difficulty adjustment that we had yesterday. So just let that, we got to let some, some calculation come in before we really know what the hell the difficulty change is going to do. I never really give a shit about difficulty change until about a week and a half after the difficulty adjustment. Just, I'm, that's just me though. Mempools are, are screwed. <laughs> 136 
blocks carrying 266,000 transactions are waiting to clear. And to do that, you're going to be paying either a low priority price per transaction of 122 Satoshis per V-byte or 137 Satoshis per V-byte for next block activity. That's about $5.67. But just honestly, it's going to be higher than that because that's just the 137 Satoshis per V-byte. How, how, how big is your transaction? You know, if it's like, if it's twice that, then you're going to be paying like 12 bucks, right? If it's three times that, do the math, all right? I'm, I'm not, I, I can't do the math for you. But yeah, mempools are stacked and packed. Now, here we go. It's my, fav- my favorite part of the show, Boostergrams. Bees Nerds, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S. 20,000 Satoshis. It worked. Customer heard about Mother's Day basket on the show, ordered and paid in Satoshis on Noster. Your advertising and marketing idea are great. 5% of any syrup sale will be boosted to Bitcoin and when it's mentioned that the customer heard it here on the Bitcoin and show. I'll talk to my sister when she gets home. I might be able to talk her into it. My response is, holy shit, I can't believe it worked. Bees Nerds again with 10,000 Satoshis says another gift basket sold. And Joe on Noster mentioned hearing it here. 5% of 200,000 Satoshis is 10,000 Bitcoin and advertising platform. See, this is going to work. We're going to win. Fatoshi with 7,778 sat says today's winner is, uh, I don't know, JP Morgan. They're, they're, they're going to end up with all the banks. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Letter <clears throat> letter 6173 with a full striper boost says, push-ups, meat, family, clear liquors, and God are the best things you can do to prepare. Stack sats and stay frosty, my friends. Uh, Patrick Ulrich with 3,600 Satoshi says, thank you for featuring your podcast on Good Morning Bitcoin Radio. We received 40,000 Satoshis from Orange Mart uh, Orange Mart last wipe and we're passing them on to all our podcasters. Oh, cool. Thank you for spreading the message. We invite you and your audience to gear up for another month of thrilling journeys of exploration, teamwork, and Bitcoin accumulation starting on May the 4th. That was yesterday. Let's make this month unforgettable while we conquer the landscape. Learn more at orangemart.tv or goodmorningbitcoin.com. That's orangemart.tv or goodmorningbitcoin.com. I love goodmorningbitcoin.com. I mean, orangemart.tv is great, but dude, goodmorningbitcoin, that one, that one. Patrick, if you're listening, that's the one. Good, good morning, Bitcoin. Nick underscore dose with 3456 says, banking crisis boost. Obex replies to him with, Cheers. JC Denton, 2100 Satoshi says, check out metadata contacts, relay.pages.dev for backing up or restoring your Nostra profile, including your follow list. Okay, so that's that kind three thing. Dubravko with a thousand Satoshi says, one, this is the way, lol. Two, look up what Bitcoin did podcast about Fediment it is needed. Three, with a name like Ego Death Capital, please tell me a Ayahuasca trip and or DMT trip is required before employment. <laughs> Nick underscore dose 369 says, cheers. 
And Blizza with 100 sats says, sats getting scarce. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Uh, Plez, or no, Pies, P-I-E-Z, I think, is 100 sats says, the new show popped up on my episodes when I refreshed, so the bug must be fixed. Thanks for the great content. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me know about the bug. I finally encountered this with somebody else. I was waiting for Rabbit Hole Recap to come down because they were going to talk about that $10 million grant to open sats that Jack Dorsey made yesterday, and it wouldn't populate. I had to, I, and it's even as of this morning, it wouldn't populate. I knew it was there. So I finally had to go get it this morning by going on the iOS uh, fountain app all the way over to the actual rabbit hole recap show and go to the episodes uh, drop down and get the show directly from there because it was not populating in the discovery feed. Oscar Mayer, please, please, please take a look at that. Because that's, you know, your your app is very, very important to all of us. Uh, Nostra Report, May the 4th be with you. Clearly on May the 4th, 2023, block height 788-304, Moscow time, 3461. Quote of the day, we all have the same 24 hours as Pablo F7Z. How will you use them? Yeah, no shit. That is a really good headline or a really good quote. Um, this is the hundredth report. Oh, congratulations. This is the hundredth report from Nostra Report. Thank you to all the supporters, devs, and most importantly, plebs that make Nostra the best community that there is. Follow hashtag 100 days of NR as we continue to recap our favorite moments since we started Nostra Report. Nice. And then this one, what does it say? Join QW and Avi Burra for the next episode of Pleb Chain Radio tomorrow at 6.45 Eastern Time, UTC minus four. This week's featured guest is, oh, it's me, Inunya Business, host of the Bitcoin and podcast. As always, the Nostra Report team will be there to help break down this week's event with the lightning round. That's right. I'm going to be on there today. Um, I don't know when they release it. I have no idea what their schedule is. So, But all I can say is that I'm going to be talking with QW and Avi Burra sometime today. Uh, it's in my calendar. I promise I'll be there. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, have, yeah, I was going to be on with Carr uh, like la- a couple of weeks ago, and it just his, his internet in his building down in Austin was just deciding to give him nothing but double-fisted fingers. So <clears throat> it didn't happen. And I really miss being able to talk to guys outside of my own house. Okay, <laughs> don't just say it. That's the weather report. Welcome to part two of the snooze that you can use. DCG's Barry Silbert sells. worth of Grayscale Ethereum Classic Trust Shares. Getting desperate for cash, are we, Barry? Let's find out more from Stacey Elliott and Decrypt. Barry Silbert, the founder and CEO of Digital Currency Group, DCG, has sold some of his Grayscale Ethereum Classic Trust, or the ETCG shares, according to a recent SEC filing. Uh, DCG is one of the largest crypto conglomerates on the market and counts Grayscale Investments, the trust issuers, as one of its uh, subsidiaries. 
or subsidiaries, however you want to pronounce it. According to the filing, Silbert has moved to liquidate nearly 120,000 ETCG shares worth an aggregate market value of approximately $755,000. This also appears to be the very first time Silbert has sold any of his ETCG shares, according to SEC filings. The fund, which launched in 2017, allows investors to gain exposure to Ethereum Classic. Are you serious? Dude, even the guys at Ethereum Classic that would started that as a joke, they were just carrying on the actual chain after what, the Dow hack? You know, this kind of this this kind of degeneracy, I expect out of people like, you know, the bum on the street living under a bridge, but Barry Silbert, his degeneracy just knows no bounds. The sale was brokered by New York-based firm Canaccord Genuity on April the 28th on the OTCQX, the highest tier of over-the-counter market for trading securities, according to the SEC filing. Silbert shares were originally purchased during two privately negotiated transactions over the 2017-18 period. So far, he hasn't made any official comments on the recent transaction. It's a somewhat surprising development to see the crypto permable selling his shitcoin shares. For fuck's sake, how is that surprising? Silbert has been in the crosshairs over the past months due to a $630 million debt DCG owned lending desk Genesis owes to Gemini, a crypto exchange custodian owned by the Winklevi. Earlier this week, the company announced that they had entered into a 30-day mediation process to settle the outstanding loan balance. Quote, if DCG is unable to pay and or restructure its debt, DCG risks defaulting on its obligations, Gemini said in a statement. So, but see, here's the thing, is that this sounds like this is personal property for Barry Silbert, that he just decided to unplug and get 700, you know, three quarters of a million dollars to put into his own pocket outside of DCG. I really wish that decrypt would have, you know, outlined that better. So I'm, I'm not sure if this is, if the cash is going to be held by DCG or by Barry Silbert as a personal asset. If anybody knows, uh, please, please let me know. Uh, just, just because now let's see if I, I don't want to, I want to make sure that I've got this one. Yeah. Okay. MicroStrategy, lightning platform introduced at MicroStrategy World. No bullshit Bitcoin. This is nobsbitcoin.com has has it for us. Now, no bullshit Bitcoin, some of their stuff is basically kind of like bullet points, and that's what this one is. So just bear with me. MicroStrategy Lightning Platform is a software platform to address enterprise-specific use cases with the Lightning Network, starting with Lightning Rewards for behavioral incentives. That always scares the piss out of me. The product appears to be oriented towards integrating Lightning Rewards in all sorts of activities, be it to reward customers, employees, event attendees, or incentivize any other behavior with instant Satoshi Rewards. The product appears to come with a web wallet, a browser extension wallet, and a mobile wallet, and supports withdrawal of any SATs to any other Lightning wallet or Lightning address. The platform also appears to support a variety of OOTB integrations with low-code templates. No, I don't know what that means, but if you do, let me know. Quote, if you're going to spend 
$50 million to drive customers to your site. Why not give $50 million to them and cut out the middle person? Michael Saylor reportedly said at the event. The product also includes an option. I love it. The product also includes an option to quote, transform each corporate email address into a lightning address, linking it to the MicroStrategy Lightning Wallet. Holy shit. Quote, MicroStrategy integrating lightning rewards internally with Salesforce, Zoom, Adobe, and MoveSpring to incentivize employees to educate themselves, share their knowledge, hit their fitness goals, and more, reported Swan's Sam Callahan from the event. I don't know anything more about this. Do they have a deal with Salesforce? Is that what they're saying? Do they have a deal with Zoom? With Adobe? Do you have any idea how big Adobe is? That's Adobe Photoshop, uh, Premiere Pro. It's the entire suite of Adobe products. Holy shit. Adobe's been around for decades. And they'll be around probably for, well, at least another good handful of years, unless they don't learn how to claim their namespace and lightning Noster and the rest of, you know, the future. Is that what they're saying? Did Is MicroStrategy, Orange Pilling, Salesforce, Zoom, Adobe, and MoveSpring? If somebody knows, please let me know because that sounds pretty damned important. Uh, I just found this guy. He's got a ranch in Baja, California. You can follow him and read about his ranch here. Who is that? Well, <laughs> that is, in fact, a guy on Noster named Jimmy. J-I-M-I. That's J-I-M-I. And what's, so what's his ranch? What's his ranch? And what, you know, what, what about Baja, California? Let's find out a little bit more about a guy I just discovered and see what the hell's going on. You're learning this as I'm learning this. So this is ranches, wait, ranch, oh, sorry. Sorry, Rancho San Satoshi. That's ranchosansatoshi.com. What is the ranch? Community ranch, farm, and open source school create a new way of developing small housing communities and offer much more than just a lot and or a cookie cutter home. People will be able to own, design, and build what they like within agreed upon limits of not damaging the environment or the community. The community will offer many business opportunities along with sustainable foods, construction materials, education, tools, and labor. Over time, the ranch eventually will be capable of providing a community with all it needs, not only to survive, but to thrive. Organize a group of Bitcoin maxis to develop and improve a way of governance and of communal living and sharing in general. Promoting a circular Bitcoin economy and educating people on health, regenerative ranching, permaculture, aquaculture, off-grid power and communications, organic construction, and all of Bitcoin and its factions. Construction of an event site, school, classroom, and a community of supporters that will eventually be able to live self-sustainably on ranch resources. Sharing what we find works or does not work can help educate others globally. We already have a large network of regenerative ranchers, permaculturists, and citadel builders that have shared with us. We will use many methods of experimenting and learning with the intention of sharing all with whomever is interested. Physical classes of ranching, farming, building, Bitcoin, live and recorded streams to assist in teaching by example. 
conserving the knowledge of the old ways of living organically on the planet while using new technology to improve living and shared what is learned. Create an example of a better way to live environmentally in a circular economy on a Bitcoin standard. Educate people on how to learn and educate themselves and not just what to know. Build confidence and knowledge in many aspects of life through experiences in nature, as well as physically improve health while learning better ways to live. So where is this ranch? It's in La Paz, Baja, California, United States of Mexico. So that peninsula that hangs down when you're looking at Mexico in the United States on a globe or a map, the left-hand side of Mexico has that big, long tallywhacker, right, that's hanging down just underneath California. That's Baja, California, and it's part of Mexico. It's an interesting place. It's like a thousand-mile-long peninsula. It goes from the desert southwest into the tropics. It's an it's got to be one of the most interesting places on the planet. No, I've never been there, but God, I want to go. I want to go to this ranch. I don't know anything about this dude other than what I've just read you. But this is looks to be an effort that remember remember uh, untapped growth. He tried to do something kind of like this in Oklahoma. And I'm not going to spend, you know, any of my time judging untapped growth as to whether he succeeded, failed, whether he was a scam artist or not. I like the guy. I think he meant well. I have no idea what's going on with that project because now that I'm off Twitter and untapped growth, I haven't seen on Noster. I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea where that thing went. And it's not that I don't care. It's just that we don't have time for it. But there was, he was making a push for quite a few of the same things. Communal living, Bitcoin maximalism, ranching, you know, farming, that kind of thing. And it looks like it's taking root down here in Baja, Mexico. And there's no reason to turn your nose up at people who just, they're just done. Like, you know, I'm almost just done. I'm almost wanting to be a hermit and live in a hole in the ground. Because the, the clown show just is so unrelenting. But it would be better to learn how to, you know, to go down to a ranch, live on a ranch. How do you handle cattle? Honestly, think about it. These things weigh, can weigh 1,500, 1,700 pounds. They could also be smaller than that. But let's say that they're, let's say got an average weight of 1,300 pounds and it's charging, it's coming right for you. What, what do? What if there's 150 of them? How do you manage that? These are big animals. This isn't like cats, right? These are huge animals. They can do a lot of damage. They can do a lot of damage to pasture. They can do a lot of damage to you. They can do a lot of damage to children. I mean, how do you, I mean, if you're not, if you haven't grown up as a rancher, I don't know what to do with these things. I, I feel stupid. And even if I did and I would, you know, slaughter one, I don't know how to butcher it. Butchering classes, anyone? pasture management classes. This guy, if he does what he says he's going to do, could very well be one of the places that my good friend Texas Slim visits. And why not? We got to figure out some other way. I'm tired of listening to people in suits and politicians who were worth nothing when they got to Capitol Hill, like Elizabeth Warren, and are now, you know, worth $60 million. How the fuck did that happen? If you haven't seen, heard that podcast, you need to go listen to that podcast. 
If you don't know, and I, I'm not going to tell you which one. You got to go start listening to all the Bitcoin podcasts instead of the other bullshit podcasts that you're listening to. Because honestly, we've got to head out into the future. And the way that we do that is by banding together and forming a circular Bitcoin economy. North Carolina, who was stupid yesterday, <clears throat> apparently seemed to be doing something right today, but we're not sure. BTC Casey will tell us all about it from Bitcoin Magazine. North Carolina House passes a bill prohibiting state payments with CBDCs. Yesterday, they did something stupid about the mining. This time, they're going after CBDCs, but did they couch the language properly? Did they try to go to the Bitcoin Policy Institute to make sure that they're not crafting this in the wrong way? I don't know. We'll find out. The North Carolina House of Reps has unanimously passed House Bill 690, which prohibits the use of central bank digital currencies for payments to the state or any participation by the state in Federal Reserve Branch testing of CBDC. The bill is now headed to the state Senate, where it is expected to be approved as well. The latest version of the bill replaces the term cryptocurrency with central bank digital currency, which is defined as a digital currency, a digital medium of exchange, or a digital monetary unit of account issued by the United States Federal Reserve System or any federal agency. This new addition came after lawmakers seemingly mistakenly first introduced the bill with language that would encompass Bitcoin as well. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yay, yay. The bill also prohibits any state agency or the general court of justice from accepting payments using CBDCs and from participating in any test of a CBDC by any Federal Reserve branch. Dan Spuller, Directory of Industry Affairs at the Bitcoin, oh sorry, at the Blockchain Association, explained to Bitcoin Magazine how the bill could serve as a model for other states, including Tennessee and Virginia. He also expressed his support for Bitcoin, stating that any bill that is anti-CBDC is pro-Bitcoin. Spooler added that the bill's language aimed to keep things fairly simple, to the point, and effective. The bill received unanimous approval from the North Carolina House of Representatives with a vote of 118 to 0. After the bill heads to the state Senate, if approved, it will need to be signed into law by the governor, and I hope it is. Uh, so it looks like they did listen to the uh, people that were telling them that they got this wrong because I told you about this a couple of weeks ago that it looked like they were going to ban all cryptocurrency because the way the shit was written and Bitcoin Policy Institute had some very, very poignant things to say about the importance of language when it comes to people wearing suits. See, that's, it's like a whole language unto themselves and if you don't speak their language... They get confused and have a tendency to wander off and break shit, but we've got other things that are broken. We're going to try to fix them. How do we fix them? Well, places like OpenSats. Now, I brought to you news that the OpenSats, uh, that OpenSats yesterday got $10 million. It's been able to be digested by BTC Casey from Bitcoin Magazine. Let's see if I missed anything of import do, do, do. Open Sats, a nonprofit organization that supports the development of free and open source software and projects focusing on Bitcoin, Noster, and related technologies, has received $10 million cash in funding from Jack Dorsey's philanthropic initiative, Start Small. The donation will be used to help build a sustainable ecosystem and provide consistent funding for free and open source projects and protocols. 
Half of the donation will be dedicated to advancing the new and growing Nostra ecosystem. OpenSat's plans to expand its efforts and streamline operations with the funding. Quote, we believe that free software and open protocols are necessary for a free and prosperous society. Without software that protects the individual user's rights and freedoms, and without digital infrastructure that is open to all, modern society risks slipping further into digital totalitarianism, OpenSat said in a statement. OpenSats will continue to be a 100% pass-through operation, meaning that all donated funds will be fully allocated to projects vetted by the OpenSats Board of Directors unless they are specifically provided for operational purposes. Start Small's donation includes funding for OpenSats operational budget, which will allow it to remain 100% pass-through. Quote, we want to create a sustainable, independent, and consistent ecosystem for funding for Bitcoin, Nostra, and other open source projects. Having multiple open source contributors on our board, tenured core devs among them, help us to better understand what is needed to put effective long-term support structures into place, in quote, OpenSats added. As part of the expanding efforts, OpenSats has set up a committee of Nostra developers and tinkers, including Nostra creator Fiat Joff and CoinKite CEO Novak, or NVK, who will help evaluate projects and protocol contributions. NVK and GG, holy shit, are joining the OpenSats board to help with organizational and funding decisions, with GG leading ongoing operations and strategy in a full-time capacity. Holy shit, they hired... One of my favorite people in the world, GG, a.k.a. Dur GG, uh, when he was on Twitter. And I think he still is on Twitter, but he's also on Nostra. Quote, we are excited to work with contributors, industry, and the wider free and open source community to help ship the freedom tools that are so desperately needed. We can't wait to see what you are going to build, OpenSats concluded. So one of the things that was not mentioned in this piece is that OpenSats as an organization has a standing mandate. I learned about this from Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent on uh, yesterday's uh, rabbit hole recap. I did not know this, but OpenSats has a mandate. They can't carry cash, fiat cash. Their cash is 100% Bitcoin. So what happened when Jack Dorsey gave them the check of $10 million or however the hell he got that they got it. They smash bought Bitcoin with it, not DCA. They just converted it into Bitcoin immediately. The whole thing because of the bylaw, I guess the bylaws of OpenSats has a mandate that they're not allowed to have fiat cash. I found that very interesting. I think it's a notable addition to this story that I'm surprised BTC Casey didn't make because that's important to note. So if you are out there, like let's say that you've got, I don't know, billionaire and you're for whatever reason, you're listening to me and streaming me Satoshi's at one Satoshi per minute. And you want to give somebody $20 million and you just go, you know, I like what I heard on Bitcoin and, and I'm going to give $20 million to the OpenSats Foundation. The minute that it hits Matt O'Dell's hands, he smash buys Bitcoin with it, no matter what the price is. Whether the price is down, whether the price is in volatility, whether the price is up, it does not matter. All time low, all time high, he doesn't care. Because the mandate of OpenSats is no fiat currency ever. I think that that's fucking awesome. I really do. 
Now, over to Africa, we'll finish off with Zimbabwe setting its price to sell gold-backed digital tokens. Oh, yay. Gold shit coinery. Cointelegraph, Amaka, Nawahaka, I can't pronounce, Kawasaka, I, no, I'm going to try this. Nwaokocha, Nwaokamaka, Nawakocha, I'm going with it. Dude, Zimbabwe Central Bank has set a price for its gold-backed shitcoin, I mean digital tokens. The country is planning to sell its gold-backed digital currency to investors. And it's it and it's over. Money is not an investment. It's a medium of exchange. It's a reliable store of value. It's not a fucking investment. It's already broken. And I haven't even completed the sentence. The country is planning to sell its gold backed digital currency to investors starting May the eighth. The token will be sold at a minimum price of $10 for individuals and $5,000 for corporations and other entities. According to a statement released by the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe on May the 4th be with you, the gold-backed digital currency token will be sold in U.S. dollars and local currency, further making this a mess. However, the local currency price will have a 20% margin above the willing buyer-willing-seller interbank mid-rate, whatever the hell that means. Interested investors can participate in the offer for May the 8th, which will close two days later. later. I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm just not. Because it's become clear that this is nothing but a shitcoin. They might as well have released a plagiarized white paper for all the good this shit is going to do anybody. They might as well just buy Pepe's on ordinals or whatever the hell's going on, broken as it is. This is all ridiculous. So if you're a Zimbabwean, I know that there are some people in Africa that listen to me. If you're in Zimbabwe, please, for the love of God, your future family, your existing family, and all your ancestors. Don't be stupid. Don't do this. This has every hallmark of a Pepe-laden shitcoin that I can see. Investors? Really? Really? Trading on the open, trading your currency on the open market? What's it then what's it supposed to do? That's going to do it for the morning roundup. End of the week. And especially after the shit coinery I just read, I need a joke. I need a joke really bad. So I got a new job making plastic Draculas. But there are only two of us on the assembly line, so I have to make every second count. Yeah, (laughs) it's bad. But not as bad as the uh, gold-backed shitcoin Zimbabwean shitcoin token. I mean, really? That one's going to haunt me for the rest of the damn day. Because that is just going to screw Zimbabwe up even further. Um, Like I said, I, I can only warn you, that ends badly. There's nothing about that that is going to go in your favor if you're on the receiving end of a quote-unquote gold-backed shitcoin. Because that's what it is. Can they prove to you that they have the gold? Can you redeem the shitcoin for actual physical gold? And I mean AU on the periodic table of elements and nothing else. Because honestly, if they can't do that, then 
they don't have the gold. That's the point. They don't have the gold. So please, please, please honor your ancestors. For those of you listening in Zimbabwe, the things that were passed down from your ancestors to your ancestors to your ancestors to you that you want to pass down to your children and your future ancestry, do not pass on stupid and do not insult the memory of your ancestors by becoming stupid. They knew how to live before everything got all fucked up. They did. Just trust what they did. Trust what they knew. Trust what they tried to pass down to you. Pass that down. This gold back shit coin, you do well to stay as far away from this fucking thing as possible. It is a smoldering time bomb. You need to get away from it as quickly as possible. How do you do that? <clears throat> you buy Bitcoin, you hold Bitcoin, and you try to find something that you think is going to have value to other people, whether it's a good or service, and try to sell it. Don't sell shit. Don't sell something that's worthless. You know, the market will tell you if you, you know, if you're providing value or not. And if you're stubborn headed like me, it takes five years to figure out that at least one person was getting value out of it because <laughs> otherwise most people would have quit, but I'm hard headed. I'm stubborn that way. You can contact me. Maybe if somehow or another, I get a hold of your product. Cause that's the only way that I'm going to do this going forward is I have to have it. I, I can't, I, I can't, unless I'm using the good or service, I I can't in good ethical conscious, you know, shill it to anybody. But if you can get it to me, if you've got something that you think is valuable and you want to give it a shot and you want to flip me some Satoshis on, on sales that, that, that I might be able to make for you, well, let's work it out and let's do this thing. Let's do this thing where it's not all binding and where it's just nothing but legalese that pisses everybody off. Let's, let's work with our reputations our experience and what we want from each other going forward in the future, because we kind of want the same thing. And what I mean by that is an actual Bitcoin circular economy that fixes the world and heals it rather than puts a tie on it and throws it into jail. Like we do with every single thing we see. See you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.